Hey friends, welcome to or welcome back to a Runner's Life podcast. And I'm joined again in the roundtable episode with Rob, CJ, and we've got the elder statesman. He's wearing a Jesus piece. You can't actually see it. Also known as Black Jesus. <laughs> we've got PK. <laughs> he literally does have a Jesus piece chain on. You people can't see this video, but he's got one on. <laughs> man, you know I had to hear that after the after that first episode. Oh, man. <laughs> they were like Black Jesus. I had people like responding back to me, going like, just literally re- referring to everything you said as like Black Jesus said this. I'm like, yep. <laughs> he came back from the dead. Yeah. I think before we get into it, I, I just want to like bring up obviously recent news. I mean, have you guys been watching the Diamond League? Yeah. Oh yeah, gotta gotta check out them races. What's your takeaway to that so far? Like, what's what's your thoughts on which races? Well, you got to talk about the mile first of all. I mean, that's the one that stood out to me. You got Yaka, uh, you got the goose. I mean, I just, I'm loving that that talk before the race. You know, to stick with me to get the record, speak it into existence. <laughs> I need Yaka Berlin next to me. Going, you want to get the sub two fifty? Run with me. <laughs> Man, he he not he not gonna do a marathon. He not cut out for that. I mean, his his specialty is you know the the middle distance though. So for him, like he he's confident because like this is what he's doing. Like he he knows he's gonna get that time, and that race was pretty close between him and and the goose. I really enjoy it. And I I love how he he how he talks about the race because it brings entertainment value to the sport. Like we need that. Um, like whether you look at him as, you know, you look up to him or you look at him as a heel, like that's bringing the energy to the sport to make it much see TV. I like how they both just so different for us, like personality and to see and to see how, you know, they can still have so much different personality. But the competition level and the compete, the, the competitiveness is, is the same because they went all out, man. I like the swag and the trash talk, man. So I want Jakob. I, he gets he gets me hyped, bro. I, I mess with him heavy. The thing with Jakob, though, like he says it like it's a fact. That he, that he's just so confident in just the way he says stuff. It's just, just like it's so matter of the fact. I think it's so good for the sport, to be honest. I'm a big fan. Keep choking the same way, man. It just sounds different coming from him, man. Dude talk, dude talk a lot of trash. That's true. You can go back to Boston, man. Go back to the uh, before Boston, and you got the returning champion there. You got the fastest men field they ever assembled, and he don't talk about competing against them. He said he coming there to break the course record. That's got to be arrogant, man. You talking about? I'm not even worried about this. That's probably one of the most arrogant things you can I'm say. Gonna, I'm going to Boston. He ain't talking about beating the defending champion. What it's going to be like going up against this guy, that guy. You had all the former champions in the field, and he said I'm gonna break the course record on his first Boston. No Pacers. He just saying, I'm, I want to break, break the course record. How, how much arrogant can you be to say that? <laughs> I think when you, yeah, you're that good, I think, yeah, sometimes you're, you're, you're at a different level of thinking, aren't you, to honest? Yeah. That, that, that one sort of slipped under the radar because I think it was just him saying it, wasn't it? It, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't anyone else with him. It was just like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> and that was the whole hype, too. Like, they, yeah. they built a whole hype campaign of him, you know, trying to break the course record. And literally none of the other competitors was in sight far as him thinking about them. But again, any given race day, PK, anything can happen. Uh, nah, I, I won't say that because I, I, you put that same field on the same on Berlin and it wouldn't be close. 
those guys ain't got the gears, but he was just on a course that wasn't designed for his uh for what his specialty is, and that's Top Gear, flat and fast. All that up and down, yeah. that's just too technical, no pacers. It was just a little bit too much for him. Do you know, I want Kipchoge back at Boston, and I want you, in, like, in the press conference, PK, just to be like, put a time on it. <laughs> put a time on it. <laughs> I want him back at Boston because this Boston will be healthy, so – I want him back. It's not gonna happen, man. I think I think he learned his lesson. <laughs> I don't think he want to deal with no courses like that because, you know, the only the only race he was uh, missing to complete all six majors was uh, New York, and instead of going to New York and running a course that's kind of similar to Boston, he decided to go back to uh, Berlin and run a fast course that he know whatever. So I don't I don't look for him to ever be back at Boston. Hopefully, like he proves us wrong, but you know what I mean. Like I know what you mean, though. It's almost like he's going back to a course that he knows. He, you know, he he knows well. He's set the world record there, so it's a comfortable yeah. course. As a fan of the sport, I would have loved to him just to be like, right, I want to go back, go to New York, because it's almost like you see a fighter. You can think of Crawford versus Spence, and that rematch is happening. And not taking a lesser fight, they're going straight back into it. You kind of really want to see the best going up do you know what I mean doing these hard challenges yeah. type of thing. I'm not saying that Berlin's as a touch don't get me wrong we kind of want to see him back at Boston and New York just to see like how he copes with yeah because we've seen him dominate in Berlin so we would like to see him at a, at a race where like a New York like a Berlin yeah I mean like a, a Boston with no paces uh technical course yeah but I don't think he got too many more left in him and with him wanting to do the Olympics I mean Honestly, the the Berlin race was a smart race. Now, what I wish would have happened is the other guy would have stayed in Berlin and they could have duked it out for the for the world record. What's his name? Uh, the other the guy that won London, uh, Kiptoon. Yeah, yeah, but he'll be in Chicago. So yeah, the Chicago field's looking pretty stacked. But I think before we get into Chicago, I think the main thing is uh, this week was the Boston application week. So the question I've got put to you guys is: Did you guys apply for Boston twenty twenty four? Uh, I did last day, man. Like I had about an hour left again. I was like, man, let me go ahead and do it one last time. This will be my last one, though. This will be the last. You said that last. Nah, one. nah. <laughs> this will be the last one. If I do anything at Boston after this year, it'll be I might come up there and do the five k. I really just want to come up there and spectate that race, man. Like spec. Spectate, yeah, that'd be yeah, dope. the world major, man, is 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 a nice. Well, if you like the sport, you know, it, it, I had a big time ball at uh 2017 Chicago. Like I'm running around the course, I'm getting to see the elites, I'm getting to see some of my friends run. So, I would like to go back to Boston to kind of be a spectator. Yeah, I think because there's so many people that we know there, and I think it's sometimes quite nice to be on the other side and actually enjoy the weekend. So, Rob, uh, CJ, did you guys apply as well? Uh, I applied. I applied the first day to get it out the way, so I wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, hopefully, I got a good buffer. You know, ah man, you get out. you're gonna have to cut off. <laughs> man, get out of here with that, man. I want to hear that. <laughs> man, so hopefully, I got a good hopefully. buffer. Since I'm gonna challenge Kip Chobi, I have a good buffer. Man, get out of here with that. You know you in. <laughs> uh, they got uh. This is a. They're gonna have a cutoff this year for sure. They got thirty three thousand applications plus. So I'm excited I, though. I don't think I'm the a, cutoff attack it healthy. more than two minutes though. I think if you get like at least two minutes. I don't, I don't know, PK. Like looking back at when they had the thirty one thousand applications, 
and they still accepted 30,000 runners, the cutoff was almost five but minutes. But that's before they moved the so, time scale, too, though. They moved the time scale five minutes since then. So, and I think mm-hmm. what it was, the last two years, they hadn't had a, a buffer. Everybody that applied that had a Boston qualifying time got in. Because most times, a person only had, like, five seconds, you know, a minute. Some of them people don't even apply because they'd be like, it's not worth my time applying because I'm not going to get in. And so now I'm thinking the last two years with no cutoff, I think more people with 30 seconds, 20 seconds, I think they went on and applied to see what would happen. But I don't see the cutoff being more than two minutes. It hadn't been more than, it hadn't been more than, it was like a minute since, uh, since they, since 2019 when they, they cut the time back five minutes on everybody. So I don't think it'll be a big buffer. It will be a buffer, you know, but not big. Yeah. I see Rob's just like wipe that bit of sweat off his brow, like damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, my first Boston though, I was really nervous because I had a two fifty eight even. I was like, oh man, I was so scared. Like I was, I was really nervous. But now, like you said, hopefully I just got the buffer time. You didn't even need a cutoff time though, did you for that year? No, no. I, I mean, but you don't yeah, know yeah, when you yeah, apply, yeah. so I was. I was nervous, and I got that email. I was so geek, but now nah, this this probably gonna be my last uh, Boston for a while. I wouldn't say last ever, but last for a while because the first Boston, I wasn't happy with my time. This past time, I wasn't happy with my time. So I'm gonna go out on a win, hopefully. Third third time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> We say that though, but we're probably the same thing as like PK, just like oh, last dance, the last time. It keep coming back. It keeps <laughs> right? going back. That peer pressure. Nah, that's nah, a wrap. That's peer wrap. pressure. There's so many other marathons I want to do. You know, like I want to do. Uh, I met a lady after the uh, Chicago Marathon one year, and she was telling me about the Rio Marathon in in us uh, in Brazil. Uh, I still hadn't ran the Paris Marathon. I talked to a guy on the plane back from Boston about running the Paris Marathon, and so it's all the it's all the races out there I want to do. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same boat with you. So I didn't apply uh, to Boston um, for this coming year. Other races I got on the schedule. I got to do the LA Marathon, which will be in March because I'm an ambassador for them. Most likely will be in London for the London Marathon. That's a lot of traveling, man. Traveling to these world majors, you know, you know, there's not a money tree where right, I just like, let me go, you know, pay for this, pay for this. You know, it, it don't work. Hey, like man, you're a celebrity, man. I don't know, get out of here with that, man. <laughs> He's sponsored by Nike, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, make a commer- he make a commercial every week, man. I don't want to hear that CJ, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. did it. Hell, not get a paper Just by bill. Matter, matter of fact, <laughs> CJ, when you when you come to Chicago, man, bring me a pair of them Alpha Fly Threes, man. I know they ain't out yet, but I know you got your hands on a pair. <laughs> I, I actually ah, don't. I actually don't. But I'm, ah, I'm working on it. I'm working see, on it. See what I tell y'all. Inside, man. Just give me a pair. I take the white pair. Give me the white one. Them white clean. Give me the white one. They clean. You probably can't say to us. Like, is this under like embargo? <laughs> you can see him like some like um like bl- like blanked out shoes on his posts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. 
I can't show you these right now, but when I can, I got you. <laughs> yeah, definitely see, definitely see here, people. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about with Boston as well is like the representation issue and Mile Twenty One. So in London, Mile Twenty One is pretty just established with Run Dem Crew. It's a massive celebration and it's established as part of the actual London Marathon. Obviously, this year we had the we had Mile Twenty One, but when I went through. I didn't actually notice any issues. It was like a proper party. It was really live. And then I heard about all the stuff happening afterwards. And what's your thoughts of when you ran through it and obviously hearing about the information that that sort of transpired afterwards? Oh, it was lit. Uh, I loved it. It was a nice little boost of energy to me. Like I ran through there, uh, like raised my hands up saying, let's go. Um, It's a nice boost. I didn't see a problem. To be honest, like same as you, Marcus, when I saw it, uh, when I saw the aftermath of the race, I was like, "Dang, all that happened." They seemed pretty chill to me. I mean, it's it seemed no different than like the other parts of the race where there was real hype, like Heartbreak had their part, things of that nature. It was dope. What you guys say, CJ? Yeah, I think for for all of us, I think we all passed mile twenty one while you know it was still like the party scene. Uh, I think everything that did happen that we heard after the race came, you know, after we had already passed uh, that mark. But exactly to your point, Rob, it was a party scene. It was a boost of energy, especially right after heartbreak. That hill is long. So for, you know, for us, like I, I needed that boost coming off that hill and trying to get back on pace. And, you know, it was good to see a lot of people just celebrating you doing the poppers and everything. And it's, you know, it's disheartening that, you know, post-race, then you see that there was an issue there and how it was handled, I think, because it's going to be issues throughout the course, right? Like, throughout the race, you can see people, like, drinking, having a good time, but there's people, especially going past the school, running across the course, like, that's dangerous. Like, where was the barricade there? Like, stopping people from doing that. Like, I'm steady on pace. I'm locked in, and somebody just darts across the course, uh, which which happens. Um, I understand the safety portion of it that you don't want people to block the runners if people are coming out into the street. But I don't think anybody had an issue with the mile 21 before they barricaded it with the celebration of runners coming through that area and getting hyped up. It was cool when I come through there. When I come through, it was, uh, you know, they was cheering or whatever. Like, I didn't have as many people cheering for me like, like Marcus or whatever, but a few of my friends did say, they would be at mile uh, twenty one. Like, where was Marcus? Why were you next? To, why were you next to Marcus? <laughs> Go back, find him. Yeah, yeah. If you ever get cheered, you got to run next to Marcus, man. But nah, but it was it was pretty. Uh, I think at the moment when I come through, they was every wasn't nobody out on the course or nothing. I didn't see no problem with it. And then like what happened afterwards was probably like a lot of miscommunication. I mean, I think. It was a little overreaction on for like the many officers and stuff they had out there, but I can understand some of the concerns. Maybe some of the because I I read through uh, some of the comments and some of the stuff that some of the runners was complaining about. You know I can understand that too, because if it's people out on the course running on the course trying to run with their friends or whatnot, you know how that could get get a little uh, unsafe or whatever. But I think it's something they can work with with the BAA 
with the different township police enforcement. And I think they can probably work out something to where, you know, we can have a, a nice little cheer section at the top of heartbreak, man, because you need it. I mean, you've experienced Bar 21, Phil, uh, um, London, so you know what it's like there. And I think it's the same thing. Like, if there's like a way that they can work together, because I think it's such an important part of the course, actually. And like, you're right. It gives you such a lift when you get over Heartbreak Hill and you're just like, oh, man, now I've only got that final bit to go. Yeah, because yeah, you don't, you always want, I mean, for us as runners, like the, the crowd support and all that is always important because it's always going to be, especially around mile 20, where you're going to really need that to be uplifted. So where, mm-hmm. you know, you can come back from the dead like Black Jesus. <laughs> 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 you know, you can come back from the dead. So I will say that because, man, like at, at London, man, they wouldn't let me quit. They wouldn't let me quit. So I hope they can uh, work with the BAA, work with the different uh, townships and they law enforcement and, and come up with something to where we can still have the energy when we get to that point of the course. I think in terms of representation as well, I mean, people might think, okay, it's for you guys on here, so like they might just get a really skewed picture. But actually, when we look at the picture, say of like Black Unicorn event, there's not many nah. of us at this event. You know, it's so like, it's very small. I know we've spoken about it before, but I think it's just important just to highlight that point. And I, I, I say we make up yeah. less than one percent of their race, less than one percent. Uh, that's that's just my personal thought. They, I mean, they. I've asked for the numbers. They say they can't really give us an accurate number or whatever, but. I believe it's less than one percent. I think I agree with you. It was very low numbers. Um, just seeing more faces that look like us, so I think one less than one percent is accurate. And that is, like you said, that is yeah. one of the reasons why I, I don't mind going back because we need that representation out there, and you know, the only way to do it is to go represent. You know, so I just want to sort of find out where we are with trading now. So. I'll start with Rob because obviously we're kind of in a similar boat now. Uh, training wise for me, man, I'm in. I'm this last week was my taper, well, the first week of the taper, so I'm about to be in my second part, aka race week. I'm feeling good. Uh, we had a little gear check this week, uh, mile repeats, oh, smooth, it felt effortlessly. Uh, Yesterday I had 13 miles, actually 12 miles, six miles steady state inside of that, all sub six, smooth. So, I mean, I'm just happy to go into a race healthy for once, knock on wood. I still got a week left. I could fall on my face like I did before my last race. Uh, But, yeah, I'm excited, bro. No negative talk, bro. You were going to do this. We're going to have a great race. The thing that makes me laugh about you, Rob, actually, it, it's not even like funny, ha-ha, actually. I, I just love like, the dedication. When we were at the Black Unicorn event, like, Rob is dressed like he's about to, like, start running. Like, if a gun was to go, <laughs> Rob is hey. ready to bust out and go running. <laughs> hey, Rob, stay ready. Hey, Rob is always I was ready. Trying, I'm trying to get the uh, bag. Adidas need to sign me after those pictures. Hey, he had his beard on and everything. Right. He had his beard on. Oh, he he's he had, He's He had his gels in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, actually, to be honest with y'all, I didn't need jails. On my 24-miler uh, last week, I didn't even take a jail. But I'll take them in the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I, I jest, but obviously, like, what's your Jordan choices for uh, Berlin? <sighs> Man, I don't even know because that's a long flight. I don't even know if I want to put my Jordans at risk of getting lost. And, but uh, I'll probably break out some ones. I'm going to bring some ones with me. And then probably a pair of threes. I, I got to look, man. I haven't – I have not done any packing yet. I got to do a bunch of laundry tonight. <laughs> same, same. Uh, I will tell you, I'm probably going to go for the AJ4s, SBs. I think I'm just going to probably be one hit. You're going to kill the game right there. That's it. Mark is definitely going to pull out – he's going to pull out the killers, man. Because you see how he did me in Boston, man. He showed with the Black Cement threes. I was like, dang, bro, for real? That's how we going to do it? <laughs> and then, hey, and then we sitting there talking, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, how many uh, how many pair of Jordans you got? He sat there, he looked at me, then he looked up in the air, and then he added them up, and he divided it by, like, 20. I think I got about four pair. I got about four pair. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, you probably bought four pair of Jordans this month. Like, come on, bro. You know you got more than four pair of Jordans. Hey, low key, I I have. I've bought one, two, three. I bought three in the last four weeks. Well, y'all know I'm only going to get two more for the, for oh, the, for the year, man. Y'all Thanks, know I'm man. on a two pair limit yeah. for the rest of the year, so. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> All right, Rob, I need to ask, find out which, which ones you cop, though. But, like, to go back to what uh, Phil said, actually, it's almost like, do you know when the doctor says to you, like, how much have you been drinking this month? You're like, all right, let me just divide this by, like, five. <laughs> how much have been smoking? Not a lot. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and Phil is like, stop lying, man. Just, just give me the number. <laughs> you got to get that average. I was like, damn, that's a lot when you got to think about it. loud. <laughs> But Rob, what's your cops this month then? I've been on a ones kick, man. So it's been all ones. I have the white and gray atmosphere, low ones. I got the OG low ones, and then I just got the uh, the black and uh, brown high top ones. So I've just been on a one spree lately. That's all that's really came out to me. Honestly, that's really grabbed my attention. I think for summer though, they're they're a clean look though. I know, uh, Phil, you're definitely over your two limit. You were telling us you had like two left and you've like in a group chat, you've just been sending <laughs> multiple versions of just like, you got the the new, the fours that come out, the, the red yeah. cements as well. So for Chicago, man, I think I'm going to take all the Chicago colorways. So I'm going to be there four days. So I'm going to have four pair and I'm going to have the uh, lost and found, the, uh, nice. the OG lows that just came out, the black toes, Chicago black toes. Uh, the fours, I just bought the red cement since they Chicago colorways. I think I'll take them and then probably like maybe the flu game, twelves. You know I got to have a pair of twelves in there. So I'll probably <laughs> bring the flu game twelves. I wish the cherries was coming out before then. I I definitely would take them, but since I don't have the cherries, I'll take the, the flu game. Oh, we, we've spoken a little bit enough about Jordans, but uh, let's go back to trading and stuff what we're doing now. So uh, CJ, what's up with, in, in your training world right now? Yeah, for me, man, I'm excited. I can finally join the the training talk because I was just in, you know, that off-season period doing races here and there. But for me, I'm starting this uh, block for Honolulu, 12 weeks, and really excited to, to get after it. Going to shoot for the goal time to PR. 
So anything under 252, under 250 will be the goal for going into Honolulu. But, you know, when you pick races, you got to understand what course you're doing. So Honolulu will be hot and humid. So I understand that will be a factor in the race. So I'll just, you know, by the time training's over, what pacing and what the strategy will look like. But, yeah, it's going to be a good training block, I believe. Increasing my mileage a little bit. Really going to put some work in when it comes to sprint training. I actually am going to utilize, I don't know if you guys have heard about the the Bandit and ASICs training program that they've done for New York and um, Chicago. So they did a combination training plan with the whole running plan for 16 weeks and then also a strength plan. So I'm going to utilize the strength portion of it. I think they're on like week seven or eight now because New York is in November, but it should be very helpful. It should be very helpful and you know, just trying to stay injury free and, you know, keeping the strength levels up for training. But I'm excited though. I think for thing for me when I hear about the Honolulu one is just like how you prepare for that in the sense of like it's an early start. So are you doing your your marathon pace effort to like to replicate it at that time in the morning type thing? Like what kind of things are you doing different to try and accommodate for that race? One of the things I plan to do different, not because of the early start time. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like Boston starting at 10 a.m. So my biggest thing and worry will be the heat. Just trying to prepare myself for the the, the humidity and, and the heat on that course. So I'll actually be probably starting my workouts once the sun comes out. Because it's going to start getting cooler here. Not too cold, but it'll be nice, like perfect running weather. So I'll rather try to work through the heat and just get used to that, just get adapted to running um, hard workouts in in that environment. So, you know, it's not nothing new that I'm experiencing come race day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you've got quite a stacked um, schedule because obviously you've got that and then you're going to go straight to LA, March, hopefully London, April. So like you're just like you're stacking them up. So. You know, you got to pre-plan these days. You got to have these things planned out uh, going into the to the year. So six months is pretty much locked in on what races I plan to do. And the bill is going to be good. All right. Nice one. Uh, Phil, what's happening training? Well, you got Chicago coming up. Yeah, I got Chicago, man. But, like, y'all my heroes, man, because y'all be, y'all be on it, man, with this training. CJ got strength work. I see Morris <laughs> being in the gym. Y'all know Rob locked in. That's a uh... <laughs> oh Rob yeah. go to the gym before the race even yeah, start. He He's carrying boats. Boat. <laughs> so I'm like no one in the gym. Then, <laughs> so, so I'm over here feeling like uh, I'm on a what's that couch to five k training plan, man. Where you just do whatever. <laughs> Nah, man, my training plan going burnt, man. Like, it's just, like, burnt, man. Like, the heat don't get to me. I ain't I ain't been motivated. So, I mean, I've been getting in miles before. It's, like, being able to put a time on it. Nah. I got a 24-mile I'm posted. Put time on nah, it. Nah, I ain't going to better do it with this one, man. Like, nah. <laughs> I was, my plan was to get out this morning early and do a 24-mile. And then I would probably have a better idea of where the fitness is right now. But for some reason, I, I had our time. Like, I thought we was going to start at 10 instead of 9 o'clock. So I was like, nah, I'm not even going to uh, go out there and try to get it in. I'm going to do it 
just tonight. So maybe after tonight, I have a better better idea of where I stand there. But I mean, I've been running, so it's just hit or miss with me, man. Race day, I, I I'll say Black Jesus make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, P- PK like Randy Moe. PK gonna show up on game day. <laughs> I'm, hey, I practice. Yep, I, don't, yep. I don't do practice, man. We talking about practice. <laughs> a practice? Not a game. Man, not a race. Not a race. We talking about practice. <laughs> man, I don't buy this stuff, man. Like, he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just not motivated. He's gonna come out there ripped and ready to go. No, I'm serious, man. Like, the heat we had this summer, I wasn't able to really run the paces that I was planning on running. And then, you know, yeah. at that point, it was just, just getting some miles of effort or whatever. I have been getting the 200 miles in, so I feel pretty confident on with that. But, like, for us, like, am I going to be able to hit these paces for 26 miles? I don't know. I mean, I'm, for me, it's just race day, man. You just lock in, find something to get you to the finish, and uh, maybe you'll get there. For this race, though, I got family that's going to be there. This will be the first time, like, at a world major I had family there, so maybe that'll get me to the finish line. So I'm just going to go have some have some fun with it, man. Is that, like, siblings or, like, your kids? Uh, siblings, siblings. I got some cousins that's going to be there, so we should have a good time. I think, though, there's something in that, though. Like, I think if you've got, if you feel good and you feel relaxed and stuff like that, you can, you race well as well. I don't think it's always about like having always having to have like um, a killer boy all the time. I ran enough races to where like I've been locked in. Uh, the training say you can do certain things, and then you get out there, and sun happened, you too tense, whatever, and you just don't hit your time. And then I went into races where I was like, I ain't really got no goal. I ain't really tripping. I'm gonna go do what I can do. And then you get in a rhythm, and you get locked in, and you end up PR. So. I mean, if you do the training, you know, anything can happen on race day on either side of it, you know. The marathon don't owe you nothing, as they always say. But with that being said, I know, like, music's quite an important part to a lot of people. And think for me especially, I actually do listen to music while I race. I have, like, one earbud in, generally, um, so I can sort of hear what's happening. But I like to have it for cadence. And I was quite interested to find out, like, what's your kind of, like, go-to songs and this current training block, or like, what is there a song that, like, when you're racing, that you can kind of dial into? Do you want to start, Rob? Ah, uh, that's that's a good one. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how you do it. Listen to music while you run. I used to be able to do that, but then once I got real serious about it, if I had a song that get me real hype, I just start flying. I killed my whole run. Uh, be gassed. <laughs> uh, so I had to stop that. <laughs> It actually made me better when I stopped listening to music. But uh, right now, I don't really have a go-to song. I just have, like, when it comes to me, uh, I'll give my artists I listen to. I listen to some, uh, I listen to Drake, of course, because, I mean, you know I'm light-skinned. I got to tune in. Uh, <laughs> you Canadian as well. <laughs> Something like that, low-key. Uh, uh, Meek Mill, listen to Meek Mill. Jeezy. Uh, Lil Baby. Lil Baby's been like my top go-to right now. So Lil Baby has bangers and his old his older stuff is bangers as well. So it's probably right now Lil Baby on repeat a lot. Drake, Jeezy, Meek Mill. Uh, those who I listen to, like that's who I'll be listening to in the airport on the way to Berlin and on the plane. And then 
hours before the race, definitely. Any particular songs, though? Oh, man. I like California Breeze by Little Baby. That one gets me hyped for some reason. Uh, so California Breeze, Little Baby, play it. Let me know what you think, but it's dope. All right, I'm going to make a note of that one. All right, I'm going to pass this over to you, CJ. Yeah, I'm in the same boat for as during the race. I'm not listening to music. I like to just soak in the entire atmosphere of the, the race experience. When I first started running marathons, I did listen to music. I would create a whole playlist like, all right, this is the whole playlist. It's, you know, four hours long. By the time I get to this section, of course, the music should switch up to this type of vibe. So I would create that. But what I found is, you know, as you run more and you start doing more specific training, like I got I got to hear my body. And then I also because we train for so long to come to that one race event, maybe, you know, typically you do about twice a year. Like I want, I want to absorb the whole experience. Like I, I don't want music to drown out my experience when it comes to uh, the distance running. But for music right now, I feel like each training block, like there's songs that do come out that just resonates and just it's like songs I have and listen to throughout you know that season. Right now, I'm listening to hype song Wiz Khalifa, "Hype Me Up." That's that funk right now. That that you know I'm I'm ready to go do a threshold run. Once I put that on, but other seasons, uh, the Creed two album, that's a really great boosting album to like, get you, you know, in that fight mode to go out there and, you know, set some records, go out there and beat Kachoki, um, as Rob would go try and do, uh, other than that, if it's an easy run, I listen to some RB, I, I relax, chill out, listen to some six lack, uh, black, I call them six lack, uh, I listen to, uh, some sir, some Daniel Caesar. But then some days you got to listen to the oldies. You got to go back, listen to some MJ, some uh, Curtis Mayfield, some Temptations, you know, some Earth, Wind and Fire. So I'm, I'm across the board, but, <laughs> you know, you know, music is good to, you know, especially when you're going out there to get the, you know, the casual miles and relax and just enjoy the, the vibe. Hey, I will say uh, on my easy runs, like on Sundays, or sometimes my doubles, I will run with my phone uh, and music. I'll play some music. But to be honest with you, I'll play, I'll play country on those ones. Because it, it'll help me go slow on my easy See? runs. I, I will play country on my doubles uh, slash Sunday runs just because I know I can't be getting too hype when I'm running. And country bangs on the low. You need to tune in. It's storytelling. Uh, it's storytelling. Yeah. It's definitely storytelling. Like it's all the same, really. But they be telling the same story. It just sound different. <laughs> but I do listen to country on the on the double runs and uh, Sunday runs. But that, that goes back to to the point Marcus made. How he puts one earbud in to go with his cadence. So you're listening to country music to slow it down and to not make to make sure you're not running too hard on your easy days. Or your recovery day, and Marcus is using the music to make sure he's st- make sure he's stepping, you know, with his cadence high during the race, which is interesting. Yeah, because I think it's just a, a, a mixing. So like, I was sort of the same sort of thing. Like, all right, you don't listen to music while you're racing because you want to take everything on board. So I think it's like a, a mixture. So I think you have to have the right music. I'm not listening to like uh, like Raging Against Machine, like Killing in the Name of Right, or just like stuff that's going to get me like properly hyped up. I've got stuff that's like 
probably matching the cadence and it's it's quite like easy to listen to so it's like quite low it's so so it's just it's matching my feet and i can still hear everything in my my other ear so i'm still like paying attention sometimes if it's too much i'll just turn off music off do you know what I mean? Because sometimes you just got to take it in. So it, it really depends. It's not really to block, block anything out, but it's more just to help, help me like dial into my focus, if that makes sense. But it has to be the right song though. Like, so for example, like for me, like, uh, like Toby and Wigway, like Little Fish, Big Pond, the one with like Steph Curry, like that's got quite a steady beat to it. And it's like, even the, the words to it, are, like it's almost like a, a mantra almost when you hear it in your head. Yeah. Cool. Nah, yeah, I don't want to know my playlist, man. I'm old. <laughs> oh, 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 nah, I know who on your playlist. Who on my playlist? Money bag. Your bags on there. Key Glock. <laughs> hey, money bag. I mess with that too. But I mean, like, I got different playlists for like, like you say, for an easy run. I might go all gospel playlists. I might just listen to gospel music that morning and be like, I'm thankful to get up this morning. I'm thankful to be out here and just kind of vibe out with the sunrise and all that. And then nighttime running, I might go with some R&B, chill out. And then, like, I don't race. I don't necessarily, I'm trying to think if I've done a, I think I've done one race with music. But normally, like, when music really helps me, it's like for the easy runs and then for the, like, the speed workout. So the speed workouts, I got a playlist to where I got, you know, you got to get that gangster rap for, for some speed work, man. You got to get yourself ready to fight. So I go with some Triple Six Mafia. I go with uh, Jeezy, all the trap music. Um, I have some Drake on there. Like he got like the cadence I was talking about. Like Drake got some, some songs like nonstop with the cadence, but like, Man, like I would, I would always set it up to where like I had a three six mafia who run it. It would always, I'd always make sure <laughs> that one was gonna come when you get late in them uh repeats. You get late in like the six rip or some repeats or something, and you got to get something to get you to the finish line or get you through that workout. So it definitely play a part, but like I say, it helps me more in my workouts, man, where you really trying to hit those race paces or faster than marathon pay makes a lot of sense so i want to talk a little bit about like your favorite piece of running running gear right now as well is there anything that's your like you use i don't know no it speaks to you what's the right word i'm looking for like what's the thing that's in your you can't go out without or this thing they use the most i guess for? uh yeah for me i've just i've just found success whereas when i'm racing especially marathons in the next percent like that has been the shoe that has given me the most success in the marathon distance. I would like to try more shoes. Alpha three. Tell <laughs> 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 so, so, so you connect that Nike to holla at me. Tell so you connect that Nike to give me a shout. But yeah, I would try to, um, you know, every race, like especially I'm going for a big PR is next percent. And then I, you know, wearing the singlet of, either something fun with runners empire and half tights i'm a half tights racer i can't i can't just do the the two inch three inch shorts i gotta have the half tights it just makes me feel fast when i got on half tights makes me feel legit. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a sunny day you gotta have a hater blocker zone like if it's gonna be sunny out there for the race oh i got my shade and then there's also major key because if it's pain going on, you're not going to see my eyes. You know, it's going to be blocked by my shades. 
Celebrity superstar, oh, boy, boy. Celebrity that. superstar. <laughs> How about you, Phil? Uh, let's see. Like equipment, like I don't know. Like most of the time, I run. I always like training and stuff. I always have my heart rate monitor on. So that's like heart rate monitoring, watch and training wise. That's that's all I pretty much gotta have. And then like for like race day. I don't know, like, I try out some shoes during, uh, towards the end of the training cycle on maybe like a speed day or something. And it just depends on what, what I feel like in the shoe. Like, I did a 20 mile, and it's probably like my best run of this training block. And I had on, uh, an old pair of the Alpha Fly, the, uh, the second color, no, the first colorway that came out with the black, the black ones with the, I think they like black and green or whatever. And I had them on. I had warm in a while, and I'm like, these feel pretty good, and I feel fast. And so that's that's gonna be a race day option. Or, um, and then I had a orange pair of the Alpha Twos, so I felt pretty fast in those. So it's just about mental thing, man. Like you wear a shoe that you might not necessarily make you faster, but if you feel faster in it, then you just go with it. So it's just kind of kind of rotate, man. Like. If I train in it and I feel fast in it, then I I race in it. Makes a lot of sense. How about you, Rob? Oh, man. So I'm a half tight guy like CJ. It does make me feel faster. Makes me feel legit. <laughs> Shoe-wise, I'm an Asics. So the Asics Metaspeed uh, Sky Plus is my go-to. But I do have a pair of the Vaporfly 3s. I ran a 24-miler in those a few weeks ago. And it was a fast time, so I'm kind of contemplating. I just haven't wore uh, the shoe. I wore it in two half marathons, and then I wore it in that long run. But marathon-wise, I've just been on the Metaspeed Sky Plus. So I think I'll probably end up going with that just because I know it's just my comfort zone at the moment. Uh, let's see. i got to have a headband. Headband, Rob. If, if I'm running without a headband, there's a problem. Or unless I'm at work and I'm running my my double. But for a race, I gotta have the headband on, be swagged out. Outside of that, that's about it. I will say, I will. I gotta wear. Uh, I always wear cologne on race day too. I gotta smell good too. Hey bro, it's either either gonna be the the Gucci, the Dior, or Versace, or those three, or uh, the East Saint Laurent. Those are my four go tos, but I got a bunch of them. I'll spray on like a a couple, one, two, one, foo foo. Martin, we gotta edit it. this out, man. Between the country music and and now Cologne, we're gonna have to edit this out, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> bro. I am. What's happening? Look, <laughs> what are we doing? You look good. You smell good. You feel good. You run good. They pay. Yeah, he's good. taking the yeah. DF philosophy to a whole oh, other level. <laughs> hey, but it works. It works. You know what? That could be the secret sauce. That could be the secret formula. I'm trying to tell maybe, y'all. Maybe I might to... have to come to Honolulu with with some fresh cologne on. I might have to do it. <laughs> Go to the gym before your race, like I've done, like I've done told people, and then spray cologne on. You be fast. It works. 
We got to let people know. We got to get the word out. If you don't go to your race wearing cologne, you're not going to have a great race. You got to you gotta come with cologne now. Okay. Facts. I'm over here worried about if I can bring that to Berlin with me or not on the plane. Because if I don't, I'm being Okay, nervous. people. So no more 20-milers, no speed work. Just just buy you some cologne and uh, some Jordans, and you're going to be good. <laughs> you're going to be good. And don't be buying no Axe. We need real cologne. Don't get the Axe body spray. We need real cologne. No shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> if I be smelling that audio next to me, that's still happening. Yeah, you're like, huh. Marcus, we need we need the follow up all from, yeah. from the way that you smelled the cologne, please. We need the follow up on that. <laughs> actually, I've actually got the accent. Oh, oh, he's out of pocket. Oh, he's man. out of pocket. Hey, oh my god. I- I didn't think this right before, but yeah, I mean, it's they're gonna have a picture. I'm still kind of flawed by that the, the, the cloud aspect. I'm like, yeah, okay. It, it, hey, it look, man. Too. When people comment know. to you after these podcasts, I'll be like, man, Rob's different. Like he got all <laughs> these little corks, but it, hey, it works. He in the corral spraying <laughs> cologne before the race start. Oh, nah, I, I I ain't going that far, nah, because I can't leave my cologne. They, they cost too much, so I'm gonna spray it in the room. I get, I only do two, only two. Do you spray at a distance and you run into it, kind of thing? Like spray at a distance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that. Don't. You say you was nervous, CJ. I was nervous in Boston because I for sure forgot to put on deodorant. I was like, ooh, <laughs> I ain't put on no deodorant. But luckily it worked out. You know, I you know I'm not a musky guy, but I definitely <laughs> forgot to put on the yard. I was like, oh, I, I feel if uh, it's one of them days, but it rains, so we good. So, you know, <laughs> man, I don't know if I can even top what you you guys have just said. Actually, mine's gonna sound really boring. Obviously, bar the obvious like the stuff you talked about, the kit that you're comfortable with. I think for me, like having a, a permanent marker because I use that either to like, um, well, two things. One to like draw like a like a mantra or something I can remind myself of like during the race or also like if I haven't got like a time band just to write my times for me that's that's a key thing because watches are okay but like for me like once the, the gun goes I, I just don't look at my watch the only thing I look at my watch is the time against the distance like if I'm at like 20 miles am I at x time do you know what I mean like that's all I care about I don't care what the watch is beeping so for me like that is an important thing because if you don't know it, it can sort of throw you off and don't mean well, it throws me off a little bit. So I like to have this that little bit of accuracy really. Sound like you'll be a good pacer, Marcus, because that's the first thing that's the first thing they actually told us. Like I like to pace sometime. And so like they tell you as a pacer, you don't go off your watch. You kinda go when you hit the mile marker on the course and you kinda look at you use your watch for time, but that'll give you a better accurate time than just cause the GPS will be off depending on where you at. But obviously, if I put that that clone on it, it might just improve stuff. I mean, I I might bring that with me to to Berlin. Not the axe stuff, but I bring some I bring some good stuff. <laughs> I tell you, man, you'll you'll thank me after the race. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, on that bombshell, I need to go uh, clone shopping. I'm gonna wrap this episode up, guys. Thanks for joining me on the in the third roundtable chat. <laughs> no problem, man. Yes, sir. It was a pleasure, fellas. Always a good time. <laughs>